welcome to tonight's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Tonight we have another local film director, producer, actor, uh, entrepreneur, Ryan Stacy. Hello. Ryan's so many part- titles. Yes. <laughs> I was looking at your IMDb page and it just goes on forever. You have <laughs> these credits. You have I... self credits, thank you credits, uh, casting director uh production designer special effects uh editor (laughs) yeah all that sounds pretty accurate yeah Mm -hmm. so uh, and then upcoming and and you're currently working on yes squatched uh yes she burns in hell chapter Mm -hmm. two yes sir Charlotte's Mr. Buzzkill and Stranded. Yes, we got a lot of things going on. And how do you find the time? <laughs> well, truthfully, um, you got to make the time. I mean, uh, you know, I really liked that show um, that a lot of people didn't. It's called Feud. Uh, Ryan Murphy created it. And someone asked another character, like, how did you you know, how did you find the time? And it's like, well, when you care about something, you get up early and, you know, not necessarily in those terms, do I do that, but we, you know, we make the time for it. So. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I mean, I've, I run my own business, got my kids, got my mm-hmm. youngest. I deal with this. I do this podcast, do another show and I keep myself busy. I got to, I don't, Yeah. I mean, I know you're, uh, been, you're, I can't remember how many years now sober. Five. Five? Yeah, I just hit five in, uh, August or, um, April, pardon me. Congratulations. Thank you. Six years. Congratulations. Yeah, it was, uh, I I made a lot of stupid mistakes while drinking Mm -hmm. and, uh, I do not want to keep making stupid mistakes. No. I got tired, man. Oh yeah. It's yeah. I I remember the day I, my last drink was uh we were setting and I I'd calmed down. I had really gotten down to almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And we were out celebrating our convention in Piqua and I drank about half my drink and I slid it across the table and went, I'm done. And my wife looked at me, goes, ready to leave? I'm like, no, I, I think I don't want to drink anymore. And that was the end of it. <laughs> man. And uh oh. Good for you, man. Oh yeah, I, I I couldn't keep doing it. I like right. being I like being sober. I, I got I'm not foggy headed and stuff, so it's. It took me a long time, not a long time, but it took me a minute to appreciate sobriety. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it will like the other day. I hate to say this. I, I screwed up my back two weeks ago, tomorrow, mm-hmm. and uh, it took me a week before I finally broke down and went to the doctor, and they put me on meds, and I was like. I don't want to, but I have to. And I was like, all right, I don't want to do this again, but. (laughs) So I took them, got them all over with my back's better. I don't have a knot sticking out of my back anymore. And I'm pretty good now. So there we go. All right. Um, You were part of the, the, the concept media. I, we just had Mm -hmm. an interview with Sean the other day. You did. Um, You did. Yes. Um, I love talking to you guys. I don't get to talk to you guys enough. 
guys are fun to hang out with and, and it has been a minute yeah yeah um it's uh you guys are uh always working on something you've always got something in the pipe you're always just busting ass and like i said i don't know how you do it but but you like you said if you want to do something you get up and do it every day so mm-hmm. it's um, true yeah i i think it's pretty amazing you guys are known for doing horror mm-hmm. but starlets is your uh throwback movie that's not a horror movie that's no it is a horror movie well yeah. it's 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 not here's the like, thing yeah we realize now going um a, you know a year out from when we initially tried to do something with starlets that the horror element of the film was not as played up as everything else that we were putting into the movie. Unfortunately, we noticed later that that sort of fell to the wayside. Starlets is a horror movie. There is a lot of blood and a lot of violence in it. We just did not showcase that. And it ended up kind of, you know, biting us in the ass a little bit. Yeah. It's, uh, what was, I was, I, I talked to, like, I want to say like Lloyd Kaufman, like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he goes, it's horror's just it's everybody can do horror. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really want to do a movie, it's you know, that's why everybody does a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. It's it's I don't think it's the easiest thing ever. I mean, I uh I I my story is that at the beginning, right before the pandemic hit, I was getting ready to I'd wrote a script, I was casting for my first movie and looking for locations and all this stuff like that and then pretty much the pandemic just stopped everything so i just put everything on hold and while i'm sitting at home not doing nothing i'm watching movies and then i find a movie that's almost like 70 percent of the movie that i had written and so i just canned everything just threw everything away started rewriting it i think i wrote a better movie the second time but now it's literally i don't know where the script is because i like to handwrite everything and then i moved so i don't know where my script is I don't know. well here's a tip for you the next time you find yourself running into you're crossing paths with a project that bears a lot of similarities to what you're doing don't quit it's your job as a writer to then go back and figure out how to make that idea your own no no i got i took the same script i i got rid of probably 75 percent of it mm-hmm. i kept the, some of the same characters i changed the basic story got rid of like the one thing that i thought was the the main you know there was a doorway. parallel or whatever yeah the, the big plot mm. point i got rid of that uh i added a whole new plot point to it and everybody that has i've told it about I've let read little bits of the script, love the big change and the big reveal at the end of, the, of what I had better than the reveal from my original one. So I'm hoping that one of these days, if I ever get time now and actually dig my script out, then I will actually get around to actually doing my movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I, I want to, if I'm going to screw up a movie, it's not going to be because of a plague. It's going to be because I screwed it up. So <laughs> fair. Yeah. Fair. So, all right. Um, 
you've got, like I said, a lot of movies coming down. You're mm-hmm. now going to Horror Hound. What? I don't know if this will air before Horror Hound. I don't think this will. Mm-hmm. But uh, what movies are you going to be taking to Horror Hound? Are you- so, um, you know, we will have taken... Um, Sean and I were actually looking at the inventory and kind of staging our table tonight. Uh, we're taking a lot of our newer stuff. We're really trying to push the things that we've been working on in the past like three or four years, things that um, didn't get a chance yet to make an appearance at a convention. So at our table, we're going to have, Sean made a special um, fifth anniversary edition of Don't Fuck in the Woods, that's available. Um, I'm bringing Trespassing which is a long form short we did a couple years ago that finally was released last year. Can't wait to move that because a lot of people have been asking questions about trespassing where it's at. Um, you know, when we got to go to the last convention we were at two years ago, which was Horror Hound Indianapolis, people were asking where trespassing was because by that point we had a trailer and things out. So that will be there. Um, Angel, which is a film we acquired directed by Tori Jones, that will be available for the first time ever on Blu-ray at a convention. And we've got a lot of our greatest hits as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I know that, that, well, I was joking around with Sean. I was like, I would be in trouble if I had the Sasquatch costume because I would just, I'd either get shot fucking with somebody <laughs> or get the cops called on me and get shot by fucking with somebody. So <laughs> I was like, then I'd have to record everything because that'd be a whole nother movie onto itself. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I keep, I keep telling everybody, I was like, man, that's what I do. I just have to screw with our friends, just stand in their backyard while they're, cause they got a big window. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, um, well, I, I completely lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, You're fine. <laughs> with you guys, do a lot of kickstarters, and uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know you've got a lot of stuff going out and whatnot. Um, I talked to Sean about this. Have you ever had any issues? Because I know that you've given uh, perks, and some of them have been people appearing in the movies or dying in the movies mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Have you ever had any, any issues with any of this stuff like that? In terms of like just people trying to to make their you know like their screen time more or just being like just because you're getting somebody you don't know that you're going to put them in a movie in an important scene I get I know that for uh, she burns in hell you had a uh, um, uh, prom scene you could be mm-hmm. in the prom yes. Part of me, I, I I can't remember which movie I actually gave to, but I almost gave to that just so that I could be in the prom so you could figure out why there's a 50-year-old man in the corner of the prom. <laughs> well, we would have just dressed you like a teacher. I uh, know. I did it. Um, so I, no one actually secured that perk on my campaign. So I did not get to um, indulge anybody in an appearance like that. I know that um, it's actually been pretty successful and there actually have been no issues uh, with that. The other week, Sean was out shooting for Stranded and I know he worked with quite a few people who had secured spots through the campaign to be in the film and he had no complaints. And I've never heard um, Rob have any complaints either because I think a few people in Buzzkill got 
their um, spots that way. So, so far, Concept Media has been actually pretty fortunate. People come out and they have a good time and they really go for it. Yeah, I, I've I've heard I've heard some people that have have done stuff like that, and they 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 get the people who you know, like I said, want to try to be on screen more than pop, you know, and so they mm-hmm. like exaggerate their deaths or whatever. No, um, I do like that whole concept. I I I I've given to you guys a few times, and like I said, I can't remember which movies I've given to. I know I don't know if you guys can look it up or not, but it's whatever. It's been a few. I know <laughs> that we have shipped a few perk packages your way over the 10 years that we've been doing this so and and we were lucky enough to have you for our one halloween party thing we had at the shop years ago Mm -hmm. and everybody loved it and uh it was fun what did uh, we show up there for you guys um, what what did we play oh my god i i know what it is um oh my god what was it about can you recall Uh, it's the Uh, one um Aaron Ryan is in it. Bludgeon. Uh, no, it's um, something this. Um, watch this. Watch this, yeah. You should watch yes. this. Yes, um, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's bad. That I have to remember because Aaron was in it as a, a monster. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Actually, um, no, Aaron, that's not the one Aaron had two parts in. No, Aaron was in it. She was the demon. Yeah. And the, the one short thought. summon. But she also carried that role on into another of our um anthology season's greetings she played that part again oh sweet oh, season so three. only 40 yeah. minutes long yeah we have a christmas anthology that's cool mm-hmm. but i like i said i always have fun with you guys hanging out um with i've asked sean this is like okay dream project unlimited budget what are you doing Starlets. Starlets. Um, other one. Who are you casting? You get one actor. You can cast anybody, but it's just one huge name actor. And this is in Starlets. No, just any movie. Oh, just any movie. Um, this is the queen in me. I want to work with Meryl Streep really badly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to say that I worked with Meryl. I mean that's big and that's really lofty and it's totally like a, a non-genre answer really i feel like with the brand of the show and what we do but my dream would be to work with somebody like that because i mean she's she's magic every time i i i hate to say it. if i ever made a movie like a big budget you know like in a i, mm-hmm. I think i'd like to like work with like paul giamatti just because he's so batty i'm sure you'd have fun oh yeah like, yeah he's so yeah. wacky uh, it's just somebody that you, mm-hmm. you I mean he was great in like John dies at the end I mean a movie that you never thought somebody like Paul Giamatti would be in but I thought he was wonderful and this is not a joke I thought he was wonderful in one of the highlights of Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes oh yeah as the mm-hmm. orangutan oh yeah yeah he, he was great or like Dr. Sayus facsimile or whatever but like yeah he was cool oh yeah but it, it's it's just one of the ones where you you uh yeah i always ask people that and like okay uh you know who would you and people are like ah, I, I don't know and and i'm like just go for anybody anybody you could ever want no one ever really kind of knows <laughs> meryl streep's a great answer i mean 
that would be... I mean, she just, she's good in everything, and she's so versatile. That I, I, regardless of what I think I'm working on in this dream scenario, she's going to be fabulous, so... There, there's a, we, we always have, a, we have an ongoing joke with, with my, with the podcast. We have actors that are always good mm-hmm. in movies, no matter how bad the movie is. Right. And Meryl Streep's one of the people that's great in a movie, no matter how bad that movie is. Mm-hmm. I was like, my other one is uh, Ewan McGregor. I don't think Ewan yeah. McGregor has ever been bad in any movie. You know, he, no, he, he usually, he'll make, he'll make even his lesser films tolerable to watch yeah i mean i yeah. loved him in uh um birds of prey as black man <sighs> i thought he was great look paul I, you're singing to me you're singing my song i love that whole movie i get ridiculed a lot for how much i loved birds of prey but it was everything i was asking for well, including I think, him i think birds of prey was just marketed wrong i think it yeah. should have been like it the United States was the only, I think the only country it was Birds of Prey, the emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I think every mm-hmm. other country, it was Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Or just Harley Quinn, yeah. colon, Birds of Prey. That's right. Like, and it, or and just call it Birds of Prey. But people didn't, people went in like, yeah. oh, okay, well, I don't get this. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie. And if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but it stands as one of the more higher rated dc mm-hmm. films oh yeah it was in terms uh, of like uh reviews and cinema scores and stuff it was it was i think it was up there with wonder woman for a minute yeah i it was definitely in like the like the top three i believe at one mm-hmm. i think the only one that might have knocked it down was uh suicide squad the new one uh, that boggles me because i i'm a I, you're getting me on tape reacting to this and saying this but like Sean and I still joke like, oh, we forgot that even came out because for us, it just was not that memorable. The, the new one? Yeah, the new one. Oh, I, I love the new one. But I, I'm a sucker for like half that cast. So, I mean. See, the cast is wonderful. I guess for me, Paul, it was just that like, okay, you have your Birds of Prey fans, and then mm-hmm. you have your Suicide Squad fans. They're two different properties. They're tonally different. They oh, yeah. are for different people. So it's like, I didn't hate the Suicide Squad. I was just more of a Birds of Prey kind of guy. I don't know. See, I, I'm, I'm a sucker. I love the original Birds of Prey that the CW put out back in the day. Oh, me too. With Ashley Scott. Oh, that shit oh. was so good. Oh, and, and, and uh, <laughs> uh, um, Dina Meyer is Barbara. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Don the costume, and that was great. Mark Hamill did the voice of the Joker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the little peep of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman in the credits. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I love that it was a direct sequel to Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. And nothing else is a direct sequel to Batman Returns except nothing for that is. series. It, it is. And, and the fact is that Batman they, Returns your is that your shit? Is that your favorite? Uh probably Batman Returns. Yeah. I, mine too. I I love that. I love Michelle Pfeiffer as, as Catwoman. I love Danny DeVito as, as the penguin. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you could have cast anybody else as the penguin. Um and not that version of him anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but with with um, it's funny because I, I I wrote a book, comic book years ago, and I, I based. Like, I'll say hi to that cat. 
what's up cat <laughs> that's my wife's cat and the dog <laughs> in the background mine's been trying to get my attention too she's just not as vocal as yours but that yeah. kitty wanted to say hi no that's 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 lucy and uh my cat is hiding somewhere in here she she likes the i don't know Maze. Sorry, I interrupted you. So, Batman Returns was where we were at. Yeah. Okay, Batman Returns. All right. Yeah. I had uh, I had designed some characters for my one comic I did, and uh, literally one of them was designed after Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Catwoman era Michelle Pfeiffer, mm -hmm. and um, Jeff Bridges, uh, Fabulous Baker Boys era. So I was like, yeah. Everybody's like, well, why don't I just draw both of them around the same age? I'm like, no, that's not how I want it. I went look like that one and that one <laughs> mm -hmm. but that's, that's another guy i think that that can pull off about anything no matter how bad the movie is he's the best part of a bad movie jeff bridges yeah yeah he's a good actor yeah really um, good oh yeah i mean he's in, he's even fun in uh uh, uh ripd which has just got horrible reviews but i thought it was a fun movie oh, who doesn't love an awesomely bad movie I, I love awesomely bad movies. Mm -hmm. Me too. I, I, I think if if uh, I, I joke around, I tell everybody, I was like, if I've seen Titanic once, and that's three hours of my life, I'll never get back. But every year at Halloween, I watch Blackula. <laughs> so I can't say that I'm with you on the Titanic thing because I watch that movie probably more than I should. Um, but I will say that an awesomely bad movie that i haven't watched it in a while but i was watching it a lot for a minute with showgirls that's like my favorite most favorite awesomely bad movie yeah i i i've watched that movie several times my uh tina loves it because it's a mm -hmm. dancer movie and she likes mm -hmm. dancer movies and to me it's not it's not a bad movie it's don't get me wrong it's it's a it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie, but <laughs> Paul Verhoeven put a lot into it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I just don't think it had a, you know, uh, um, Jesse Spano, can't remember her name. Elizabeth um, Berkeley. Elizabeth Berkeley. I don't think she was ready for that movie. Um, Gina Gershon, I liked in that movie. Gina Gershon was the only person who was aware of what kind of movie she was in. Oh, yeah. And, because uh, she just was like Betty Davis eating that scenery up and chewing those characters out. She was having a blast she's just, playing that character. I, that's one thing I love about Gina Gershon. No matter how bad the movie is, she looks like she's having fun in that movie. Mm -hmm. So She's a very underrated actor. I think we should appreciate Gina Gershon and some of the things that she's done more. I know that that's kind of a lot of gay guys would say that, but look at some of the things that she does she was fabulous and bound oh yeah bound was uh yeah movie. i i worked at a video store when i you know around that and i was like mm -hmm. mm, i need to watch this i was like wow this is really good this is far mm -hmm. better than it really probably should be but which is funny we're talking about that because actually sean and i are watching um the matrix movies tonight and the wachowskis made bound yeah mm -hmm. i I tried to rewatch the Matrix movies uh, about a year ago. The first mm -hmm. one still holds up really well. Mm -hmm. Not so much on the second and the third one. Well, the thing is, is I never saw the third one in its entirety. So we're just 
playing them in the background as we do things for horror home i uh, uh yeah I, I think if you would have taken a second a third one and made one movie instead of the two it probably would have been a lot better but yeah well, i'm hoping this new fourth one is good well, i guess we'll see tomorrow when the trailer drops huh oh shit that's tomorrow yeah it's bad yeah. It's, it, it's funny because i i've been without like new movies so like i've been going to the movies a lot lately have you oh i gotta get to the theater i gotta go see a movie i'm kind of like not ready yet but i'm gonna make myself be ready because i really want to go see scream next month for the 25th anniversary i uh i don't i think going to the theater i go to pickle or huber heights Mm -hmm. and to be honest they're you're not around anybody um you're you've got you know wide enough space no one's i mean uh me and my old my son joe went to see shang chi last friday and we were the front of the theater we were the only two people in the front there was maybe 10 or 15 people behind us and they were all spaced out because they had so many showings that none of them were ever close to being full so you didn't have to worry about being on top of anybody and so, well, that makes sense because there's not a lot out right now. So they're yeah. probably just showing it in like every cinema. Yeah, I think I think Pickle had like eight showings on Friday. And I'm like, okay. As, and it's, That's cool. And it's the first uh, uh, Marvel movie I haven't seen on opening day because owning a comic book shop, I have to go see it. If not, everybody will ruin it for me by the end of the weekend. So actually it's about any movie doesn't matter if it's a marvel movie or not i usually have to go see an opening night if not they'll ruin it for me because my customers don't know when to be quiet <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well i mean you you run a geek den oh like, yeah what do you expect <laughs> completely but my uh when i was working when i first opened the shop i still had to work a regular job and i couldn't get to go see the first avengers movie opening night i wouldn't be able to see it till the sunday before it came out and i'm like sitting there and i'm i'm working and all of a sudden because oh i can't believe thanos shows up at the end and i'm like you asshole i haven't seen it yet it's like <laughs> so now i just made time i make time for every movie i want to see opening night i go except for this one i got to see it on friday night so Usually, usually I go see horror movies with Tina and I go see uh, action movies or car- comic book movies with, with my son, Joe, or my son, Trevor. Well, at least you got somebody to go see them with. Oh, yeah. My, my, my kids are, are, especially Joe, he's, he's a movie kid. He loves them. I mean, he's a kid. He's 22 now, but he, he loves going to see him movies. And uh, Tina's, uh, she likes going to them. And uh, the funny part about it is, is she complains. She's like, we never go see movies I want to go see. I'm like, well, they're not good. I go, she goes, we see movies that you want to see. I'm like, but we see good movies that way. So, <laughs> and then she, she, she's sitting there and I'll bring home DVDs and Blu-rays all the time. And she's like, what did you get now? Um, I got nightmares. I got stuff. I got good stuff. Yeah. So that i bought her a copy of was it ghost town from back in the 80s the only way i could find that was a import blu-ray oh get down (laughs) no your cat trying to make an appearance no she's trying to get out oh mine are fighting out 
then uh, she's gonna want to get back in here because I'm in here. So she just hates that the door is closed. Really? You fighting with the cat outside? Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know. There's a neighborhood cat sitting at our back door, and this one keeps going back in there fighting. So all of a sudden, you'll hear this cat just like smacking the glass between the screen door and the outside door. You hear that? Mm-hmm. Cat. We're not talking about you. No. And like I said, I don't even know where my cat's at. She's floating around here somewhere. We got we got we got great cats. We got uh Lucy, who is super independent, doesn't like be around anybody. And that's my wife's cat. And then Maze is my cat, and usually she's super needy and has to lay on my lap and always be around me every minute of every day that I'm home. So, and then everybody's like, what, what are your cats name? I was like, well, I, I, we were watching Lucifer when we got them. So we got Lucifer and Mazikeen. So. Ooh, gotcha. I'm a that makes sense. Show. <laughs> that's, that, I've that's, not watched it. You, you haven't watched Lucifer yet? Oh, that's great. Sean watches it. Tom, uh, Tom, I can't this is going to be really disappointing for you to learn about me but I don't watch as much horror or fantasy shows as people might assume see I just watch a lot of movies period and I watch a lot of drama drama I uh I watch a lot of I do watch a lot of horror I watch a lot of sci-fi fantasy uh watch a lot of documentaries Lots of documentaries. I consume documentaries. And I love and, a good docu series too. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the worst part about it is, every once in a while, the uh, Tina will find one. We'll just like, oh, we'll, we'll watch an episode a day. Next thing you know, five episodes, you're done in a night. And you're like, do you guys bad. use HBO Max? Yes. Have you watched like that Mayor of East Town? No. Uh, you guys should watch um, that what he comes at night or what um the one about the uh, um green river and i was at the um yeah it was the um he was the the guy he would end up being a cop that was uh he started out as the as a as a, a rapist and then became a serial killer and then he disappeared and then he found out that he was a uh, former cop and he was an old man and pretend to be they had the whole doc series about him too Huh. And, uh, was it the east he was the east area rapist at one time and then he became i have to look this up on my stupid phone here uh that documentary is really good um oh God, uh, unbelievable that's a docudrama and that's have you seen that one yet um that, i've seen it on hbo max yeah that's 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 a hard watch but it's it's really good it's um these are uh do you like dark comedies yes love me did you guys watch the white lotus no white lotus yes yeah, Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. That's the documentary about the guys. That it's about him. Um, White Lotus. Uh, I'm trying to remember the last like dark comedy I watched. 
I was a big fan of like Knives Out. Mm-hmm. That was I did not think it was going to be that good, and then I watched it. And one is is, is I, I don't think you can go wrong with putting Jamie Lee Curtis in anything. So, and, and oh my god, and, and then, I love when Jamie Lee Curtis plays somebody who isn't nice. Yeah, that her you're just being kind of a just mm-hmm. a sadistic bitch in that movie. Excuse me, come here. <laughs> I'll let you say hi. <clears throat> This what's is your, her. What's her name? What's her name? Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. No, Curtis. Curtis. Ah, Curtis with a P. Mm-hmm. She doesn't answer to it. My cat doesn't. usually does. I can go Maze, Maisie, and she'll usually come run. Nope. Nope. She's hiding. She is hiding. See, this this is my. Uh, lair and then but you go around the corner in the back and that's our laundry room and so the cats hide in the laundry room because that's where their food is and they're scratching posts and all that fun stuff here the cats just see their arcade cabinets back there they love laying on those don't know why they just i'll come down there and they'll just be sleeping on top of them i'm like okay just <laughs> if they fit they sit yeah, cats, uh, cats and electronics are weird because cats love laying on laptop or on uh, mm-hmm. tablet computers and stuff. Come here. And the rumor is it's because <laughs> they're warm, so the cats mm-hmm. can lay on top of them. But the mm-hmm. thing is, is, I can put my uh, laptop, you know, my um, over there, and it can be off, and the cat will still be laying on top of it. They just like something that insulates between the floor and them. Well, she it's not even that because she's on a table. So... <laughs> And it's got to be, this I, one, I, I assume our carpeted floor would be more comfortable, but. This one likes um, blankets. She likes to burrow in and under blankets. See, we had a, a blanket in a basket over there, and it has slowly become the cat's blanket because the cat's mm-hmm. just laying there. Mm-hmm. So it, it needs washed badly because the cat's just laying it and laying it. So it's all covered with cat hair. And, <laughs> and this one's, she's such a snob, she would pick. This like hundred dollar velour Ralph Lauren blanket my mother gave me for my bed. It's like her blanket, and she'll like bunch it up and make it into a nest, or she'll get under it and make a cave to sleep in. Like she's a very smart little cat, an engineer, if you will. Mine just will set on my couch. It'll pull the blanket over and it'll just kind of ball up in it. Uh, mine's not a hundred dollar. Ralph Lauren blanket is probably a, <laughs> uh, a, a $10 Spider-Man blanket. <laughs> I mean, she'll do it with other blankets too, but this is her blanket. Like it's. I, I used to have a really, I used to have a really nice leather coat that the cats like. <laughs> I went, went to him, like I picked my coat up. I'm like, oh, cats. You fucking yeah why'd you, why'd you do that to my leather coat oh well it's it's also literally like a 20 30 year old coat but it's yeah. it's the principle it's the principle yeah and it's also my my that's how that's how you know it's really cold is when i'm wearing that leather coat because it's one of them really thick biker coats mm-hmm. and if it's really cold that thing will keep you warm but if it's like yeah. not below freezing 
you'll sweat to death in the thing. Oh yeah. Because it just holds all the heat so well. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's you know for riding motorcycles and stuff. So but uh it didn't start out to be mine. It was my dad's originally, but he was too small for it. So I ended up with it. Cause I ended up being like a taller and bigger than he was. So <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is is that nowadays it's um when when I go to my dad's and stuff. I stand there and he's, he's like, he's like here now. And uh, now I have to do all the heavy lifting because it was always, you know, he's like, Hey, can you pick this up? Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. Right. You know, then he's always like, we're the one at the gym all the time. I'm like, yeah, okay. Gotta, gotta do something. That's another thing I gotta do. I always, I always gotta go to the gym. I don't always have to go. I got three days a week. I feel like I need to go more. (laughs) I, uh, was it last last year i went into the doctor first time in forever i weighed like 200 like 221 and uh i had like my cholesterol was up and stuff like that and i was like all right nope so i started doing all this stuff to try to get healthier and uh went in not too long ago i was down to like 189 and all my number all my numbers that were supposed to be down were down all my numbers were supposed to be up were up so i'm like yeah I'm almost 50 and I'm going to be in great shape. It's going to be crazy. My, my one buddy is making fun of me. He gets sitting there. He goes, man, he goes, you're getting pretty good shape. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I pulled my shirt up. And he's like, what happened? I was like, what? He goes, you don't have a gut anymore. I'm like, no, I work out. I was like, I got a little bit. He goes, it's bullshit. You don't have much at all. I was like, you're getting abs. And I was like, I know. I was like, now if I could diet a little bit better, I would have really good abs. <laughs> and i was like it's it's gonna be bad i'm gonna be in my best shape i've probably ever been and i'm gonna be like i said almost 50 and what's the matter well this is what sucks well get a wig <laughs> I, I think i'm gonna shave it just go bald just rock it man yeah it, really shave it down rock it wherever you want you know that's that's what i'm gonna do and then i would I say this is this is this is the, the the wife's dog is is not leaving me alone now. Abby, go. Go. What? Go get the cat. Okay. Yes. There she is. Go get her. <laughs> as as we get completely off on tangents here. Um all right. Um let's see. I've asked you what you got coming up. Uh, what, what's what's the project you're most proud of? Um, it's kind of a tie between three things because I have different reasons. So Failing Grace, I'm very proud of because that was the first project of mine to be accepted into a film festival. And then it won a prize. So I was, I was very tickled by that. So I'll always remember that. Um, I'll always be proud of that. And currently, the tie is trespassing, really. It's trespassing and she burns too. Because trespassing, while it's a long form short, <clears throat> is really a hell of a ride. And it did every, that was the first time a film really did everything I wanted it to do. So I was, I'm very proud of that. And, but She Burns also is doing the same thing. 
and it's such a, an improvement in growth um, on the first short that I can't wait to show everybody just all the shit we've come up with. So, yeah. What's, what's it like making, um, I mean, I, I don't know how to classify, it would be a um, fan film, She Burns, because it is- Yeah, She Burns, it is a fan film. It's Carrie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, is it, do you feel like you're, you know, you're, you're in Stephen King, both Brian De Palma and their wheelhouse and stuff, and not their wheelhouse, in, in their shadows, or do you, you know, how do you, how do you feel about something like that? Is it, do you feel like you're in somebody's shadows or are you just, just making it so much your own that you're just like, nah, nah. So what's funny is every time we have made a decision to go and do something on our, of our own with it, it always ends up sort of circling it back and marrying itself to the De Palma film, at least with the first one. So I really went for broke on the second one with that hope because she burns too really is happening as um an anniversary present not a lot of people realize that carrie the movie turns 45 this year yeah so um we're trying to get chapter two out in celebration of because while carrie is still a popular property in like the horror lexicon um she's not and she's not really revered as highly as I find all of the men and the male icons are. Like we talk about Carrie, but she's not really held up there like with Freddie and shit. And she should be because Carrie kickstarted so many careers, just like all these horror movies oh, yeah. did. And go ahead, sorry. Oh no, it's it's uh, Joe and I had a discussion the other day when we were we were coming back from a concert um, about Carrie and. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, the first one is, you know, a directed, like, you know, almost what, you know, people call a masterpiece. I mean, it has its flaws and stuff because it was very much product of the 70s and stuff. Um, and then we talk about the Chloe Grace Moretz one. And I was like, you can't have, you can't have the, 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 the dull girl, the plain girl being, you know, a pretty Hollywood girl. And I was like, exactly the, the one I think <laughs> people forget about, and I think is really good, is the made-for-TV one. Because was it uh, um, Bettis? Um, I can't Angela remember. Angela Bettis. Yeah, yeah, I think she's great as as Carrie because I think she's got. My the, only complaint was for some reason she was pigeon-toed. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was my only complaint with Angela Bettis as Carrie was for some reason she walked like she was pigeon-toed. And Carrie wasn't pigeon-toed that no. way. But that story and that adaptation is really strong yeah, to the book. Because I, I think that that when you get the lower budget and you get the 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 you know no-name actors, mm -hmm. you know, I think that they have something to prove and they bust their ass mm -hmm. to really show what they're capable of. And I think that's where that one falls into. Um you know, the actors had to work harder, I think, to make up for what they couldn't do with the production. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, I think Carrie, like you said, I think Carrie is underrated. And I'm, I'm always a sucker for uh, uh, Mary Lou from the Prom Night series being so underrated. <laughs> I've never seen that, but a lot of people talk about her. So I'm definitely going to have to 
at least to give that one a watch. I was not the biggest prom night person. Well, prom night one is, and prom night two are two. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Prom night. They tried two, to Halloween it, didn't they? It was yeah. Like, because because how? But prom night two, three, and four are essentially the same character. I think it's a different actress in all three movies. Um, but I always thought it was underrated because she was almost a female Freddy Krueger, and. I don't think she got the props that she should have got for being the, that, that character. And I always thought the franchise was, was, was pretty solid, even though, yeah. it was, you know, you know, CD level. Oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But I'm a, I'm oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, being a, being a movie dork. I, I, you know, I, 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 like I said, I watch way too much movies and uh, I just, I cut them apart and I look at them and, it drives me nuts that some movies that I think should have gotten franchises got one movie and then movies that got franchises shouldn't have had one movie. So it's true. It's so true. I'm 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 uh I'm one of them guys who who uh um the the Jeepers Creepers should never exist. Um and maybe the first one. Maybe. It, because look, we're looking at it knowing what we all really realize now mm-hmm. if there was just that one i feel like it might have been a thing. yeah it, but it, yeah it's, it's a movie i watched once um as it i've never never gone back to it um and the only reason i think i watched that first time was uh that was when i worked at the video store and i was the guy that had to fix the uh movies when the vhs tapes broke i had to go in and splice them together and then I'd have to watch them to make sure they worked properly. So wow, yeah. So what happens when you're assistant manager at Hollywood Video in the early 2000s? So. <laughs> you know, speaking of that, I worked at a video store too, and I've been thinking about a lot about those days as I've been sitting here shrink wrapping movies because you know I'd have to um, put the styrofoam blocks into the VHS covers to like set up the displays and everything, and so just always makes me think of that like the lost fun and beauty that is video stores you know oh yeah it's it's I, I can look back on it now and I did I did a whole episode because I had a bunch of people asking me because it was a last blockbuster came out on Netflix mm-hmm. and they, they make it sound like it was this you know working at a video store was the greatest thing ever and I was like I'm not gonna lie it was fun I had a blast sometimes. it really was other times it was the worst job I ever had and it probably didn't help. I was one of the bosses. So I had to put up with a lot of shit that I didn't really need to have to put up with and uh, almost getting into fist fights with customers and all kinds of other dumb stuff. And Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you happen to work at your video store when Elf was released on home media? Um, I don't think so. I worked at McVideo. It's a little small shop mm-hmm. here in Brookville. And... People were ready to like fight and kill each other over copies of Elf, because if you remember, they released it, but it didn't come out on video until like a year and a half later. Yeah, because it came out at Christmas time. For, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it had to wait the full like cycle. Oh yeah, yeah. And people were pissed. Like, where's Elf? And I'm like, well, it's a Christmas movie, so I'm guessing it'll be here Christmas, November ish. No, they didn't. No, they were jerks that way, and they didn't even drop it until like a week before Christmas. Now, we would have. Um, we were 
when I when I took over as assistant manager at the Pickwa store, we were I worked for Hollywood Video. Mm-hmm. We were one of the last two 99 cent stores in the United States, Troy and Pickwa. And at one point we were Pickwa was the only one because Troy went back to normal pricing and Pickwa went still at 99 cents. And um, we would have people come in on Tuesdays and you were only supposed to be able to rent eight movies. And they would come up with a stack of movies, you know, freaking 12 high and then be pissed because they can only rent eight. No, you'd have to go bypass every movie because, you know, customers, you know, the customer service wanted to go. No, dude, just, just rent mm-hmm. it to them, rent it to them. And you're like, you know, you're not getting these movies back, right? Because you you had people like we'd have notes mm-hmm. on our account. This is never returns movies. Uh, rents eight, returns five, then claims that they're all back, uh, you know, mm. and you'd have to deal with that. Um, I had to deal with one customer getting up. Uh, I had a girl that worked worked for me. She might have been five foot tall, might have weighed 100 pounds, soaking wet, holding a brick, you know, and this guy's six foot yelling at her and cussing her out and stuff like that. And and then I had to step in between them. And I'm like, hey, dude, you, you, you can't do this. You, you're going to have to leave. And he's like, oh, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, you're going to have to leave, man. I don't want to have to, you know. And finally, I was like, all right. And I walked over and he goes, oh, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm like, all right, hold on a second. I walk over to the and I clocked out. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I can't beat your ass on the clock. I got to take, <laughs> take a break. I like get fired. And I started taking off my work shirt and stuff like that. His whole attitude changed immediately because it was like, oh, 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 uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just having a bad day. Uh-huh. Sure you are. I got, I had one lady call up and she was complaining because her, her movie was missing. And, um, you know, of course we had to go through the whole thing. Okay. Why do you return it to the Troy store? Maybe you accidentally return it to family Hollywood video or family videos to the Hollywood video. That happens a lot. People, you know, rent from multiple stores and it just gets mixed up. You know, which is that? Okay, I'll call this store, you know, whatever. And um, their movie was missing. So, you know, she's like, well, somebody there stole it. And I'm like, ma'am, nobody's going to steal. I, I, I can almost pretty much, I think the movie was Timeline with with yeah it was not a good movie As, uh, it's one of the ones that sticks out that it was you know a shit movie and this woman's claiming we steal it and i'm like man i was like nobody stole your movie it's like you know it's, it's probably got lost maybe check under the seat of your car you know maybe look behind a bookshelf maybe look you know behind where you're you know your movies because it's probably there and she's like no no one of your customers one of your employees is a thief you know i'm like okay ma'am um why don't you call the cops come here, you know, we'll deal with this because one of us is a thief, so you need to get the police involved. And so like, why would I get the police involved? Well, you're accusing us of stealing, so you need to get the police involved because evidently one of us is a thief and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Wow. I had one woman call me out and start cussing me out on the phone, and I finally lost it, so I started ripping her up one side and the other, cussing her out. And then I hurried up and called corporate, and I went, yes, there's a lady um, she might be calling and uh, she got very upset and started cussing me out and I tried to get her to stop. So she might say something, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. OK, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. So I, I would preemptively call corporate <laughs> so I wouldn't get in trouble. <laughs> See, uh, mom and That's pops smart. were probably That's smart. great because yeah. you, you wouldn't have to. Uh, no, we, you know, we basically were at 
our customers mercy and we had to do whatever they wanted. So it's, I, I, like I said, I both loved it and I hated it. I still got friends this day that I made there. And then I've still got people that I can't stand from there. Um, <laughs> and then, then <clears throat> I got people that I, I just need to stay away from, from there. Right. Uh, Cause it's, it's, it was, it was fun, but not fun. <laughs> so you guys being good back here now? Good. Talking to the animals. Worst part about it is, I, I give my wife crap. She, I was like, I don't, I don't want the dog. I, I, I didn't want another dog, and she got a dog, and now that dog is the most neediest dog ever. And it's got to be near me almost all the time. It's either laying at my feet, or I'm surprised it's not underneath the desk. She now hangs out. You know out why that is, me. right? Huh? You know why that is, right? Alpha. Yep. So. She knows you lead the pack. <laughs> I don't. That's Vince. That's my youngest kid. He's the one that we all have to bow down to. No oh, God. <laughs> he's uh, he's 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 eleven years old. He's like five two now. He's like hundred and sixty pounds, and he has autism. So he's he he loves he loves little kid little little kid stuff. So he still loves stuff that you would, you know, like a five-year-old or six-year-old would like. Um, mm -hmm. But then he still loves playing video games and he loves like Dead Rising. He, he also, he, like every year at Halloween time, um, he, he was stealing my uh, uh, Halloween DVDs and going to watch them in his room <laughs> and Friday the 13th. And, uh, and it was only Halloween one and two. He wouldn't watch the rest of them. And, but the... Um, and Friday thirteenth, it had to be Jason with the mask. Had to be Jason with the hockey mask. It, we, I was sitting there trying to watch like one and two, and he just no desire. And then three, you know, once he gets the mask, he was just sitting right next to me, and he's just like, and that's the kid that's fidgets and run and got to go hundred miles an hour. But nope, I loved Friday thirteenth, and <laughs> kids got good taste. Yeah, and he didn't even. It's like. Um, he he kind of watched uh uh four, five, and six, but just one and two, he would he would go and I had to start hiding the DVDs because he would go find them and you'd be walking out of the room and go to do something. You come back and Halloween would be in the DVD player. And I'm like, Vince, where did you I thought I hid that, you know? And the Friday the 13th, I had the, the old VH, the old VHS, the old DVD box set with like one through eight. And I, I'm sitting there, I found the case open and one of the discs were missing. And I'm like, Vince, where's the movie at? I have it. Where's it at? I don't know. I'm like, Vince, man, don't lose my DVD. <laughs> and then I get that big Shout Factory box set. I'm like, don't touch this. <laughs> Right, I was like, I don't want to lose that. That's that's expensive. That, that box set is pretty. Oh, it is nice. I wish I would have got the Halloween one, but I I, I dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. Now I'm kind of hoping. Now they're releasing the 4K version, and now they're releasing five with all the the extra footage put back in it. Like, oh, you're gonna make me buy it again. 
<laughs> well, at least they're putting new stuff on there and they're not tricking people like they just did with these new Scream editions because Sean got his copy of Scream 2 today and I am very sad to report that there is nothing new about this disc. It's an exact copy of the Blu-ray box set that was released a few years ago. Well, that's what that's what hurt me about the 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 Shout Factory big box set for Friday the 13th. Yeah, you had some like, mm-hmm. like all the stuff in the early ones. But when you got to the, like the last three discs, that was legitimately just the old Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. You know, Jason, Freddy versus Jason. I opened it up. It's the exact same disc out of my single Freddy versus Jason. So I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, wish you would have put mm-hmm. something. That was expensive. <laughs> well, we're looking, and it, it seems as though the 25th anniversary edition will have some new material I'm- that comes out in October, but the new editions of Scream 2 and 3, it's just a new piece of paper on the jacket. That's it. I thought they were supposed to put... um... Oh, and they're giving the digital copy with it. Here's the catch. You can't just redeem the code like for Voodoo or Movies Anywhere. You have to do it through ParamountMovies.com. So that's the only place you can watch your digital copy of this movie is on Paramount's website, which... Lame... That sucks. Yeah. So there's a live review for you. (laughs) That's like um, I picked up the what the Scarlet box of uh, Mm -hmm. Hellraiser one, two, and three, but I got the Mm -hmm. uh, the region free one, so it's the European steel box one. Um, that was worth it because I think I paid like thirty bucks for it compared to the ninety bucks for the American version with the exact same stuff in it. And with that Friday the 13th box set, wasn't there something misprinted or mismade in it? Um, yes, there's three discs that were bad. Um, the 3D didn't work. Pro- I don't think the 3D worked properly in three. Um, the sound didn't work right in one. And then in Jason Goes to Hell uh two scenes that were cut out for it to be the uh uncut were still cut out but shout factory made it up for it and they sent you the three discs and to be honest i only needed two but they sent me all three so my 18 disc friday 13th is now a 21 disc Well, Sean didn't have his replaced. He left his as is because he felt that it would be worth more eventually misprinted. Well, it's still got the misprinted discs. Yeah. They just sent you replacements. So I have all of them. It's just I, I don't even know then why he didn't get those replaced. Yeah, I well, I was like, does they 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 brought up the screen because they're like, um, you know, uh Amazon contacted me and there's something like gave me a little letter saying that you know this product has been you know like has a recall or something on it and you just go to this website which was shout factory's website and tell them you know when you bought it send a receipt so i just sent them the the copy of my amazon purchase and they're like oh okay it'll be in you know whenever and one day i got a envelope in the mail with them thick mailers with three discs in it and I just, they were sleeved up. Now they're in my box set over there. So I have all three of them. Cool. I mean, I'm, that, I'm not that's really cool that they did that and that they replaced that for everybody, though. Yeah. It, well, 
you know, as much as I like Shout Factory, one of their problems is I think they get ahead of themselves because they've had to send out a lot of replacement discs for stuff. Do they make stuff too fast? Yeah. Which is ironic because sometimes their shit takes forever to come in. I, I, I ordered... Uh, they had a sale one time and I ordered... Uh, I can't remember what I ordered, but I know one of them was Swamp Thing. Bless, you know, it was... And they kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm like, man, I was like, when am I? I was like, my discs were supposed to be in like two weeks ago. So I think it was like three to four weeks. So I contacted them. They're like, oh, you know, we're behind on production on Swamp Thing. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I was like, well, so the rest of the movies are available. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, I ordered like six movies. You tell me you can't ship me five and ship me the other one later. And they're like, well, we can, we can do that if you want. I was like, yeah, ship me my other movies. And they're like, well, would you like something else to fill in till you get your swamp thing? And I'm like, if you're going to send me a free movie, yeah, I'll take it. And then I got a steelbook version of life, life force. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's no. Yeah. I was like, I'll take, I'll take a free steelbook version. of. (laughs) And then I ended up getting swamp thing, like shit, like three months later. Cause I was like, okay. No, but it's that's cool like, though. That's actually, really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I still got the old VHS tape where everybody still wants it because of Adrian Barbeau in it. That was the oops for the with the with the boob slip because it was a PG movie. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was like, it's somewhere in my collection of of media. Did I'm they take it out in a digital form? Uh, yeah, they took it out. They they took it out like back in the VHS days. It was a, it was a, oops, it was never supposed to see the light of day and it got accidentally slipped in there. Yeah. Was it in the theatrical gut? I don't think it was even in the theatrical. But I was so young when that came, that movie came out, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I think I saw it on Showtime or HBO when I was a kid and that's how I discovered Swamp Thing. Because that's how I discovered what, what a lot of movies because mm-hmm. either A, Showtime, HBO, or Cinemax, and then parents that were divorced, so I was up all night watching TV when I mm-hmm. should sleep. And then the local video store would let me watch whatever I wanted to watch. So the only thing I couldn't, you know, if it was anywhere in the store except for the porn room, it was up for grabs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I completely watched movies that were completely inappropriate for a child of my age. Oh, yeah, every kid did. <laughs> I was, you uh, know, <clears throat> they don't police at the library what you rent either. So as a kid, I was getting movies from the library that I probably shouldn't have been watching. I, I, I think like when I was like seventh grade, I found Clockwork Orange. And I think I rented that from the library, like, because the library just never questioned the fact that, you know, mm-hmm. 12 they're not allowed. They're not allowed unless you, a parent comes in and says, do not rent these things to my child. They're not allowed to police what you take out. That's pretty cool. I mean, oh, no. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's weird because yeah. I know the video store, it was supposed to be, um, they would always put the parent on my, you know, parents would have to sign on the card, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, my kid's allowed to rent rated R movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nah, I just went in. I watched like stuff like completely inappropriate, like eating alive and and uh, probably saw Cannibal Holocaust when I was like seventh or eighth grade or 
<laughs> when I was 15, my video store rented me Itu Mama Tambien. That movie was NC-17. I think... Oh, man. Good movie. Great movie. Don't know why it's rated NC-17. I mean, the stuff that they did in that movie is like nothing compared to what we see nowadays. Well, oh my God, I sound so old. Well, it's... it's <laughs> I want to say, I'm gonna, I know this is going to sound dumb, but I think it's just because it's foreign. Well, I mean, the male characters have a lot of frontal male nudity. And there's some explicit sexual instances in it. But I'm just saying the things we've seen since on film, this would have just been a hard R if it was released now. Yeah. I was like, well, what's funny is watching, trying to explain to my kids that when I was little, there was no PG-13. Not until um, after Gremlin and Temple of Doom. Yeah. Both mm -hmm. Spielberg movies are the reason that we have PG-13. I was like... Right. Poltergeist is a PG movie. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that that would never fly today. Um, the movie 16 Candles is rated PG and it has breasts. Oh, uh, so does um, uh, Weird Science. Look, look at Splash. Oh, she yeah. was like naked for the first half of it. <laughs> what was the, um, the, what the first two uh, National Lampoon's Vacation movies. Yes. Toplessness. And yeah, and it's, it's, cause I think you could get like one boob shot, supposedly, mm -hmm. but I'm like, man, that one's got a lot more than one. That's and I think it's, I think the rating also depends on how they're shown and what context to the scene. So if it's a super sexualized depiction of bare breasts, then that gets you in trouble. But like in 16 Candles, it was two teenage girls looking at another girl in the shower and like wishing that their bodies looked the same. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I learned a lot about ratings. I did a lot of research on it as a teenager because I got really hyper fixated on the fact that the movie, The Craft was rated R. And so I wanted to figure it out because I looked at it compared to another movie that was released that year, which was Scream. And I'm like, whoa like so i've looked into it and i found out that they produced the movie the craft and checked all the boxes to meet a pg-13 rating including one usage and a non-sexual connotation of the word fuck there's no nudity there's no blood or explicit use of it wow. there is no super explicit violence the mpaa ruled that it was going to be a rated R movie because it dealt with teenage girls using witchcraft. Well, that's like, um, <laughs> um, what, uh, what movie was it that wasn't, didn't come out too long ago. And the reason it was rated R was the excessive uses, uh, people smoking. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really? That's, have you ever seen that documentary about, um, the rating system? Mm -hmm. That's, just finding out that there's movies that they're just like, yeah, that's that's never going to get a PG-13, ever. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, they don't care how many times you cut it. They're just like, nope. That's like finding because out. of just something little, something stupid like that. Yeah, like um, the original Planet of the Apes is G. 
And Charlton Heston's naked a couple times in yep. that. And it's a G-rated movie. I remember watching that in school when I was a kid. <laughs> I remember watching that on TV and thinking, why are there naked men in this old-ass movie? Because I had, I, I obviously, you know, I love old movies in Hollywood. Like that yeah. back wall behind me is all my stars and like starlets is totally my nod to 1940s Hollywood. I knew that people didn't get naked on film. So when I saw Charlton Heston, you know, in his cakes on screen there in Planet of the Apes, I was like, what the? It blew my <laughs> mind because I just thought that nudity on film was like a more modern yeah, thing. It's, it's something, you know, they, they imply that basically like nudity and stuff really hit movies in the late 70s, early 80s. And you're like, you're watching these movies from the 60s and it's like, oh, there's a, a butt. Um, well, I, didn't Jane Mansfield get nude on film in like the 50s or 60s for something? A movie? I believe so. And Marilyn Monroe did some nudity in her last film. So we had it there at the beginning of the 60s and they were pushing it. But what I've learned through my old Hollywood education is there was a lot of nudity on film before the establishment of the Hayes Code. Yeah, 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 the pre-code stuff. Yeah, um, like Claudette Colbert, I guess, had a very famous nude scene where she bathed as Delilah in a biblical epic. And I'm like, in a biblical epic, she was naked? What, they're actually acknowledging the nudity that is in the Bible? Oh, wow. What, what was through me was, was the fact is that some of the stuff that, did have nudity mm -hmm. you know got cut and then there's stuff that just like the implied sexuality and stuff like that that you're like why um what movie was it it's um that you never actually see the nudity it's literally behind frosted glass and you see the woman taking her uh clothes off and then the guy comes into the the so you always see the shadows and they embrace and then that's where it fades out from that scene but that scene got banned. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is, that's. Well, just look at the shower scene in Psycho. Yeah, you never see anything. It's all. You it's don't. All implied, so. You don't. And if you look, you know, because we have a trained eye, you and I, to film. If you actually look, there should be nudity. Yes. The way <laughs> there should be nudity. But they were very crafty in the way that they didn't show it. Like they covered it up. Um, kudos to Gus Van Zandt and his remake, though, for not being afraid to include what I'll just say is very graphic nudity in his yeah. shower scene. Because we see Anne, Anne Hayes' third eye, if you know what I mean, in that movie. And that's something we don't need to see, but it's there. No, it's, yeah. But it's there. Wish <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, but it's there. No. But it's there. Emphasis on the butt. That, that's a movie that is is as it gets a lot of crap it is a well put together mm -hmm. movie mm -hmm. and the fact is that that he was able to basically that's a vanity a complete and total vanity project he's like yeah i'm gonna redo psycho shot for shot and mm -hmm. no one else would be able to do that you know they're like i'm just gonna add a few things to make it different like some lady in a bondage suit on a bed and just weird, surreal things. Like, I don't know. I would have to watch it. Here's the thing. There's a lot of movies that I have not watched sober. 
because I've just been doing so much. So it's like, like the matrix, like this tonight I'm watching them and it's the first time I've watched them really since I have been sober. Cause I don't remember a lot of stuff. <laughs> Clearly it's all a blur. So, um, I would be interested to go back and look at that now and, and see what I see through clear eyes and mind. But from what I remember, you're right. It was a real showy kind of cocky. Yeah. Like, how do you have the audacity to do it this way? Because he added nothing new to what Hitchcock had done. No. It was just in color and set in the 90s. Yep. And it had a great cast, too. I mean, it's... Get it I, I mean... <laughs> Well, I, 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 I'm a sucker because I like Viggo Mortensen. He was um, great. And I loved, I loved the inclusion of male nudity in Psycho. I remember seeing that as a 12-year-old, having already seen the original Psycho, and just being shocked that she's still clothed, but he's naked as a jaybird in that scene. It just said a lot about what we could do with film. I know this is going to sound stupid. One of the first mm -hmm. ones that, that that I actually I never I didn't pay attention because I had been watching movies and it's like just nudity and stuff like that. Especially like uh, I watched a lot of uh, like foreign like horror films and and exploitation films when I was a kid. And the one that kind of got me was uh, Nemesis Two, and this is dumb, but it's got a very young Thomas Jane in it. And he's basically this, just, you know, the F boy for this girl. And he's standing there in the window, just naked, just looking out the window, watching all this stuff go on. And I'm like, it's, it's almost distracting because it's through the entire scene. He's just standing there naked. Like full on? Yeah, you see him just standing there naked. Yeah. Now, now you got like, I got to find Nemesis too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the funny. thought crossed my mind. <laughs> Oh my God, Thomas Jane's a handsome mother. I mean, he is. What's funny? And he's been around for so long. Oh yeah, like no, I people, love. Yeah, how long he's been around? I love when you see him in his little background parts that he had early on, like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's just so cute because he's just adorable and he's really good at what he does. Like I always enjoy Thomas Jane and everything. So. Uh, yeah. Well, wonderful pun. He was a wonderful Frank Castle. To oh, yeah, he was. He was. I, I thought that that um, uh, the second Punisher in Punisher Warzone looked more like Frank Castle. Mm -hmm. But Thomas Jane did a better job of acting the part. Of he was so compelling. Yeah. Like, I was like, this feels real. This feels visceral. Like, I am very compelled to, uh, that this man gets his revenge. Oh, yeah. You know, like it was just wonderful. So, yeah, um, I just, you know, we were talking about Psycho and nudite. Um, I just thought that that usage, putting Vigo in, he was one of the highlights. Not just because he was showing his body; he was just good all around. Vigo Mortensen, I always thought mm -hmm. was so underrated. I mean. I remember the first movie I saw with him in it that I remember him sticking out was Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw. I just saw that for the first time ever a couple months ago. And I loved him in that movie as Cowboy. And then he kind of disappeared. Then he came back for prison. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did he give you a gay vibe in that movie? 
I kind of seen it. I could, I could see it. There was something very homoerotic about him in Leatherface. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see it. And and it was kind of incestuous too. It was really weird. <laughs> that 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 movie is. Uh, I finally got the uh, um, Blu-ray. God, like a year ago, and it's the uncut. Because I always had the old VHS and then the DVD, which didn't have the uncut. So I finally got that and finally got to see the whole, you know, because mm-hmm. Ken Forey wasn't supposed to make it all the way through the movie. He was supposed to die in the uh, pond fighting with uh, Leatherface. And then he comes back, and just peers at the end and he's all beat up. And he's got a big cut on the side of his head and stuff. And um, I think it's one of the best Leatherfaces I think we've had. You know he's he's the the way he looks because outside Gunnar Hansen, you know, which started it, I don't know. He's just with the parsley because look, you know, the mass is starting to rot. It's you know he's cutting the face off of somebody else and then sewing it together. Masker kind of gonna cut. Uh, you were just phrasing Ken Forey and Ken Forey. and, and Leatherface. So, yeah, it's I, I like the the Leatherface because it, it's kind of um kind of pokes fun but you know because it's not it's it's supposed to be a sequel but it doesn't really have much to do with the second one so it kind of ignores that one but kind of acknowledges the first one because texas chainsaw massacre continuity is just all over the place so yeah i can tell you i can i can tell you a funny thomas jane story though um a friend of mine was a comic book artist, did a book with Thomas Jane at one point. He was also a big Stephen King fan. So he was watching The Mist and he, he had Thomas Jane's phone number. And he watched The Mist and then with the different ending, you know, the, the, the ending that's not in the book, it's in the, it's you know, where he shoots everybody. And J- Josh was like, what the hell? He calls Thomas, he goes, what the hell? That's not the hell this movie. He just starts cussing Thomas Jane out on the phone. He goes, yeah, he goes, I was so mad. He goes, I got home. I just called him up. I was like, that's not how the book ends. What the hell? <laughs> what like, Thomas Jane say? I, I didn't I like it either. Funnier, you know, him cussing him out or him basically like just randomly calling Thomas Jane in the middle of the day. So, right. Wait, there you back. Sorry, I was checking the time. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've been on this for a while. Um, let's see. What else I got to ask you? All right get some more questions in here before the end okay you can work in any other medium what are you doing um i'm working uh in orca conservation in the pacific northwest all right um and I know that's so like serious and just, but yeah, that's a, that's a cause that's really important to me. And I think that a lot of people should be more aware of what's happening with the orcas in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, they don't have access to their primary food source, which is salmon. And a lot of them are dying out. They're very critical to the ecosystem. Yeah, so. yeah. It's like when uh, the Japanese overfished the uh, shark there for a while and the jellyfish mm-hmm. population 
uh, rose horribly bad mm -hmm. and people forget that you take the top predator out of the out of the thing then the other predators will eat that and then the jellyfish they're you know big circle of life big circle uh, of life mm -hmm. yes my whole thing is if i ever had the money and the time i would uh i'm very much uh like i would love to be do something to help represent indigenous people in the united states mm -hmm. uh i have a very small percentage of of uh uh native american blood and just watching how badly they get treated in the united states and canada people that think canada is this this great you know but i'm like man they shit on them people up there just as bad as they shit on them down here and uh that, that'd be my big thing i'd love to be able to do something with that that's but I don't know because a lot of people just, I mean, they, they distrust of white people and I get it. I <laughs> Well, I think what's important with causes like that is that we hear them mm -hmm. and that maybe we just make sure that we do what we can to elevate their message and their causes and not get in the way. Oh, yeah. Typically what ends up happening is when we try to help get involved in a cause that's not necessarily in our own. It ends up backfiring in our faces. Yeah, I've 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 done a lot for um, like uh, you know for people who don't have food. Uh, I've done a lot for uh, like teen literacy and stuff like that. Given the fact I own a bookstore, it's it's you know sell comics and stuff like that. I've given a lot to that and. I feel like, you know, it's one of the ones where I, I don't feel like I can ever do enough. Um, I, I live a, uh, at, at this point in my life, I live a pretty decent life that, you know, I busted my ass to get where I am. But I've also, you know, need, when I've needed help, I've gotten help. And I always feel like I need to give back. And I, I do as much as I possibly can. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm usually pretty quiet about it because it's just one of the ones where I just show up hand people money and then leave you know and well you're doing it for the right reasons you're not doing it for some sort of glory or credit no. it, it it's funny because um you know people give me kind of give me shit because I, I am i'm an atheist I, I i i don't believe in an afterlife for myself um i i don't believe it is some grand reward at the end um and i i, I hate to quote this but this is from uh one i love the tv show house he goes, I hate to think this is just a test for something, you know, that everything I've gone through in my life has been just, you know, okay, you know, because other people have gotten the world handed to them on a platter and I've busted my ass for everything I've ever gotten. And, you know, I don't look for helping people out that I'm going to get some reward at the end. I just help people out because they need help. Right. It's just being a good person, I guess. <laughs> I was kind of a shithead for years. And now I'm trying to be a good person. So, well, you know, I am a firm believer in karma. I really am. You know, you get what you put out. And if you are putting out good, I think you get a lot of good your way, Paul. And I see a lot of good happening behind you, man. So, obviously, you're working, your work is paying off. Yeah, so I mean, keep it up. I'm a, 
it's funny because I always used to joke around. I was like, the only thing I've ever thought I was ever good at um, was being, a, uh, I can talk people into buying shit that they don't need. And then I had kids. And then I found out that I'm a pretty good dad. And, you know, I may not have been the best husband at first, but I, I really like being a husband. I really like being a father. You know, I really like being, you know, it's it it's one of the ones where that's the the best part i think of of what i am is being you know my kids dad and and my wife's husband and and friend of my friends and and stuff like that and you can be a lot of things yeah so it's i don't know it's it's i like being me (laughs) i'm i'm Closing in on 50, live my life trying to. <laughs> you keep saying it and you're going to sound like that character Sally O'Malley from Saturday Night Live. Do you remember her? Uh, Molly Shannon played her. I'm 50. Yeah, I'm 50. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's one of the ones book of Dano. I, I didn't think I was going to live this long. I'm not going to lie. You think that way when you're doing shit like oh, yeah. drinking Drink. yourself into oblivion. Oh man, drinking and partying and, and mm-hmm. getting in trouble and everything. And it was like the day I realized I'm like, whoa, I'm I'm still I'm still around. I did not think this was gonna happen. I need to I need a plan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, eh, I it, it's one of the ones where you when when you're clear headed and you're sober and stuff like that, it's like wow, I'm still here and people still care about me <laughs> right so that that's another thing is i didn't think after all the crap i pulled when i was younger i didn't think anybody give two shits about me at that point but what do you want all about perspective man oh yeah so but i will probably get ready to tie this up here i'm glad okay. you to hang out with me and, well and, thanks for having me i'm glad we got to line it up yeah, and um, yeah, I was going to try to make it to Horror Hound. I don't think I'm going to be able to, um, but I will send people your way. That Please I know do. Are and uh, maybe we can get together, do something at the shop, or um, maybe get you guys in or something to okay. push your movies and stuff like that. I'd love to do another yeah. horror movie thing, but with, I don't know if we'll be allowed come October. So. Right. I got, I got a better setup now, so I got a whole side of my shop that I can move everything around and not like last time we were in the little area. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm not, uh, one of the last years I did it, I only took through like four movies and, uh, I did, I can't remember what the first movie was. It was a, it was an indie movie. Then we did, um, the beyond then we did society and then we did cannibal holocaust and everybody was like there was no palate cleanser at the end how dare you (laughs) and what the hell was society (laughs) (laughs) what's the shunting i don't know (laughs) i was like, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I should have thought that out a little bit better, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
because because I think everybody needs to see those movies at least once. <laughs> well, I guess I'll put those on my list. You you've, have you've never seen the Beyond? You've never seen Society? You've never seen Cannibal Holocaust? Cannibal Holocaust. I've seen enough. I've seen enough that I need to see of Cannibal Holocaust. C- Cannibal Holocaust is one of the ones that that it, it is a really hard watch now as an adult. Um knowing full well that that the you know it it was real animals it stuff like that and it's it's you look back now and you're like but it's it was one of the ones that i i kind of i probably like i said i probably should have thought it out a little bit better but i was like ah you know what everybody needs to watch this at least once it's it's i i own it now and now it's just sitting on a shelf and i literally i i got it on blu-ray as a gift and it's still just sitting there. I, I rewatched it once, and I was like, mm, "That's still hard to watch." No, it, it's. Mm. And now my dog's going nuts. So I'm going to let you go for tonight. Not may, let you get back to doing what you're doing because it is literally twelve thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I do have some stuff I got to get wrapped All up right. tonight. Take care, so, and I thank will you. talk to you later. Bye. You too, sir. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that is all for tonight's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. You'd like to know more about Ryan and Sean there at Concept Media. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you look. And as always, Group Therapy Podcast is brought to you by RU Game, the only comic book collectible shop in all of Pickle, Ohio at 124 North Sunset Drive, Pickle, Ohio, 45356. And you can watch me again later on this week on the Saturday morning serials, uh, every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. We go, we go. So you guys have a good night and I will see you all later. Thank you for watching.